Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I'll be interviewing Rabbi Mendy Deitch, Shliach to East Valley, Arizona, on the topic of proper gerus. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Ashbach on their Shluchim. Thank you for having me. So let's begin by thanking the sponsors of the Shluchim podcast. I would like to thank Slotsman Jewelers and the Smetana Group. Thank you for making the Shluchim podcast available to all Shluchim. So let's get right to it. What is your overall approach to Gerus? Well, it's uh, the Gerus is a very interesting, um, you know, it, part of the Shluchim. Although, obviously, the goal of uh, of my, my Shluchim, I'm sure every Shluchim, is to reach out to every single Yid. And that itself is a, almost a full-time job. And so we're really not looking to attract uh, Goyim and uh, to try to be uh, to be them. So it's uh, not something that I'm looking to spend time doing. Uh, certainly not going to make any effort to that. But the way, you know, living out here in Arizona, I certainly get my share of calls of some Goyim that are interested in learning about Yiddishkeit and learning about uh, want, want, wanting to become uh, Jewish. And so it's, you know, this, my overall approach is really, I make it very clear that the goal of our Chabad Center is to reach out to our fellow Jews and to bring, uh, inspire them towards to Yiddishkeit and to Torah Mitzvahs. And, uh, but nonetheless, you know, I obviously I have to be, I feel very strongly that we have to be uh, courteous and be uh, compassionate to these individuals. Some of them have, um, you know, gone through a long journey and searched till they finally came to you. When someone is persistent and they want to meet with you, what, what do you discuss at that first meeting? That's a very good question. My, in my interview, the first thing I always try to do is I, I try to engage them to help them understand or try to figure out why is it that they don't want to embrace the religion that they grew up with. So really the first thing I try to do is to convince them that their religion that they grew up with is the religion that they should continue with. And if that, right. you know, if they tell me that they're not interested, that, they, you know, they go through the whole the song and dance and why they, 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 wanna, they want to, they specifically want Judaism, so I ask them what is their motivation behind becoming a Jew? I say, are you interested in bringing God's life into your life or bringing your life into God's life? And I, from the response that they give, I can already see where they're headed. In other words, the, the question is a loaded question, but really the question is trying to get to the bottom of it and say, what is your motivation to becoming a Jew? Is it because it's going to make you feel good? And therefore, right, you want to, you know, where it's convenient, you're going to bring God into your life. Where it's not convenient, you're going to continue to do what you want to do. Or are you looking to completely do what God wants you to do? So in the initial meeting, also what I, when I talk to them in my first interview, I make it very clear um, that there are three critical things that we look at when someone becomes Jewish. And this really scares them off uh, immediately. And that is they have to be ready to keep Shabbos, keep kosher, and family purity. This is, uh, which Shabbos means they have to move kosher to a shoal. Kosher means in all areas keeping kosher. So right, I, t- I tell them in the initial meeting 
They want to know what they're getting into. And I tell them also, I, give them, I tell them it's a long process. Yeah, in, in my experience, when someone is really interested, it's taken minimally a year and a half, sometimes closer to three years. Um, when someone is, you know, even a, a serious person, it just takes time. And, uh, so, and I do this, you know, for two reasons. First, they should know what they're getting into, but also to, um, to see if they're serious and they'll, you know, continue with the, pro- with the program. If not, then obviously it's not for them. I guess uh, either way at this point, whatever they respond, you probably follow up with giving them a list of books to read or some homework that they have to do, and some people will sort of drop off, and then other people will come back. So what do you recommend at that point to them? Uh, very good. So they always, everybody wants to learn, right? They, they want to, so the first thing is the absolutely right. Is I give them, recommend some books to them, because that's the easiest way, and if they buy the books, you know, even better, they go by where they read the books. That's the first thing. And like you said, many of them drop off. Some continue and ask questions. So the first books that I recommend off the top is to get the, either To Be a Jew and To Pray as a Jew by uh, Chaim Dunin. Those are my first two recommendations. And the, the very easy right. reads, and, and it's a good book that even uh, every Jew should read, certainly anybody that comes to Chabad as, uh, as excellent books. So that's, that's really the first, the first step that I, I encourage people to do. After getting a feel for them, do you ever recommend them to come to the programs with any of your classes, maybe a JLI class? So after I recommend the books, and I see that they're interested and they really want to engage and learn, so the first thing is I would do is I recommend them to come to a class that I charge for. I want to see how serious they really are. Are they really serious to learn? And if they're serious, they're willing to pay for the class, like a, for example, a JLI class or something. Um, so a class like that, I want to say, are you going to come to the class? Because that, that committed to come to the class. So I'm not going to spend my time learning one-on-one with you. And, I, you know, I'm not going to necessarily want you to come to, to Shabbos uh, Minion yet. So my first thing is, like I said, come to a class that, I, that um, I charge. And then at that point, another group of uh, people kind of drop off. At what point do you know someone is really serious? And what do you do at that point? Right. So if the person buy, bought these books and asked me questions on the books, uh, that's a, a big telltale sign to see if the person is reading it. They have questions. If they're going to read the book that's a little new to them, they certainly will have questions. If they ask questions, then I see that they're serious about reading the book. They want to understand it. And if they started coming to the classes, so then I'll tell them to come to maybe a Friday night minion or Shabbos day. Um, I'll invite them to some other classes, and I'll invite them to some other classes that other people in the community give. Just say, you know, they're engaged in the community, and at that and at that point, also I will refer them to uh, a rav. So as soon as I see that they're serious and they start coming to classes consistently, at least for uh, two months probably, and they're asking questions, they're engaged in some to some degree, then I will refer them to a rav. I usually refer them to uh, Rabbi Block in California. Why did you choose Rabbi Block in California? Well, I, I find that Rabbi Block has a good system when he works his game. First of all, I like it, the fact that he's hard to, to get a hold of, which means that if someone's not persistent, they're going to give up. So that for me, that's a, actually, it's a, a chesarin by him, but it's actually a good sign by me if the, for the potential gate to see if they're really interested. Um, but once they do get a hold of him, he has a, a good program that he runs, and he's very strict. He's very uh, thorough, 
and uh, you know he really makes sure that the the potential gay is committed, is uh, dedicated, is interested, and I mean I have found I found that you know he's he does he he can smell when someone is playing games, and to me that's very important. I, you know the last thing I want to do is um, have someone go through gayness and then drop it after a while. Personally. You know, I've, I, I'm, I have to give a disclaimer that some, many shulchan I've spoken to have had negative experiences with him, and part of the reason is he's not necessarily a friend of Chabad, and I found that to be the case. But personally, I find that actually it's a somewhat of an advantage, uh, because someone who's already come to Chabad and, you know, learning uh, from members of my community and from myself and different classes, and then he, they're being challenged by a block about Chabad. It almost causes them to uh, delve into it a little bit more. And so far, it's only worked to my advantage. Oh, that's very interesting. So through this process, do you help them along the way, or do you want it all to come from them? So it's a very good question. I always wait for them to... Um, I definitely do not push them along. I don't you know, call them up and say, where are you holding? What have you done? What have you read? I wait for them to come to me and say, okay, what else, what else can I read? What else can I uh, learn? What other class can I come to? Uh, what should I do now? And, you know, at a certain point when a person is uh, clearly learning and engaged, then I will encourage them to move closer so they can be walking this into a shul. And I'll encourage some people in the shul maybe to invite them to the house for Shabbos and things like that. So, you know, it's a really, it's a gradual process, almost like, you know, going, climbing up a staircase one step at a time. And it's, you know, there's no one rule fits all, you know, one size fits all. It's really each individual. Uh, sometimes people come as a couple. Um, I've had some families also with the children. So really each, each uh, situation is unique. And I, you know, I gauge each situation based on how they're doing and how involved they are. What do you do in a case where where one of the spouses is Jewish and the other one wants to convert? So that's a very good question, and it's much more complicated in a way. Uh, but certainly, when you know, the, obviously you're going to go through this initial meeting. It has to be it has to be very clear that they're doing it not for marriage, not because they uh, want to be with this person. They're doing it because they want to be with the Eivisha, they want to become a Yid and become a Jew because they want to be closer to God. That has to be very clear in the initial meeting. Uh, once that's established, in other words, basically the person has to be prepared that when they go through the whole conversion, there's a strong possibility that they're not going to want to be with their spouse. Uh, and it happens also because here you have someone that obviously did not care about Judaism, that either married or is dating a non-Jew, and now all of a sudden this person is going through conversion and they're taking it serious and they're becoming more observant. All of a sudden now this guy, this one guy who's learning all these things about Judaism, says, wait a second, I don't know if I want to be with this guy or this girl because he or she didn't care about Judaism enough that they were willing to date me. So it, gets, it becomes complicated, uh, which is okay, which is fine. Uh, but this is uh, part of the process that they have to go through. And uh, so usually when someone is really serious in that situation, um, I definitely try to encourage to do it quicker than if uh, someone is, you know, unattached to anything Jewish. 
and is simply, you know, wants to uh, become a Jew. I take that, I take it much slower with that person versus someone that's already involved with someone that's Jewish. How long does an average Gators usually take? In my experience, all my Gators took no less than two, two, two to three years, really. And, and you believe, and, and in your case, it was a good thing that it took so long. I, I believe so. I, I'm not in a rush, certainly, and I, I believe it's necessary. I, I don't see the benefit. I mean, you know, life is, uh, there's plenty of time. There's no reason to rush into something, especially something so big, life-changing like this. So how many Gareth have you had in your personal community? I've had over the years, I've probably had, um, I've had at least <laughs> 10 requests a year at the end, I probably do one every two years. So I'm here on Shlichus for 16 years now. Um, so I probably have about uh, 10, 10, uh, 10 gators. Now some get, some of them are couples, some is a family. Wow. So um, and are are most of them involved in your chabad house now? Have some of them moved away? Has it been a good thing for your chabad If they moved away, they've moved uh, only to Israel. Um, one of the things with Rabbi Black is that he encourages them to move to a firm community. He wants them to move to L.A. or something like that. Now, so if someone's going to move to L.A., that's one thing. Uh, but if someone's going to move to Phoenix, I live in Chandler, which is about a half-hour drive from Phoenix, then Phoenix, in my opinion, is just as uh, Jewish as Chandler. It's not, not, you know, that's not a, a move. So I, I encourage them to, if they're ready here, they might as well stay, stay here in Chandler. Um, so if the, the only place that I have had people move was to Israel. Uh, other than to Israel, uh, most of the people have stayed here. And has it been good for my community? I guess so. I mean, you know, they, a, a Jew by choice, as they call them, or a Ger, is someone who's certainly uh, committed to Yiddishkeit and is excited about Yiddishkeit, is motivated. And if they're channeled in the right way, they can be a great motivator to the Yiddin that come to the community. In fact, I've had some of the games speak at different functions because it's really inspiring to hear their journey and their story and why they decided to become a Jew and what they gave up to become a Jew. It's it's really a, a, a testament to their character and to their commitment to Yiddishkeit that is truly motivating for anyone that hears their story. Right, so when another... Yid in your community hears them talking, it uh, makes them think about their own Yiddish guy. Exactly. Right. So what last advice would you offer Shliach uh, when it comes to Gerus? My advice is to be very careful. Um, don't rush into it. Don't rush the couple or the person. Um, it's, not a, a, it's, not a, it's not a game. It's a very serious thing. Um, when someone goes through it, it's the most amazing, most beautiful thing. Uh, but it's certainly not. I don't. I don't think personally. This is my humble opinion. I don't think it's our shlichus to look for for goyim and to spend too much time with them. Uh, but when someone is serious, we have to be uh, open to them, warm to them, encouraging to them, and as helpful as we possibly can. And if they do follow through, when they do come through, they can be a great asset to you and to the community. Thank you, Rabbi Mendy Deitch, for sharing with Shluchim about your Hatzlacha and approach to Geirus. We really appreciate your time.
Thank you very much, Rabbi uh, Shapiro, for everything you do and for your podcast. They are amazing and inspirational. I love hearing the different shluchim uh, on your podcast. So thank you very much for the opportunity. This is Dovi Shapiro, and if you're enjoying these podcasts, take a moment, email another shliach, let another shliach know about the shluchim podcast. They can email me at rabbi at jewishflagstaff.com with the word subscribe. That's again, rabbi at jewishflagstaff.com with the word subscribe. Make it a great week.